Welcome to this episode of the Future Champions podcast, Five Quotes Mandela, My Prisoner, My Friend, written by Christo Brand. Christo Brand grew up in rural South Africa in an era of apartheid. One of the most oppressive and racist government policies that segregated white Africans from non-white Africans, built out of a doctrine of hate and fear. After the Second World War, South Africa went through severe financial hardship as a nation. The Africana National Party went to the 1948 South African election with the solution they thought would help South Africa recover from its hardship. Their vision for South Africa was apartheid, which is the Afrikaans' word for apartness. Using fear to convince the white voting population that apartheid was good for the nation, they won to become the new South African government. They began enacting their oppressive and discriminatory ideology immediately. In 1950, the Population Registration Act was passed, which classified all South Africans by race, including Bantu, Black Africans, coloured, mixed race, Asian, meaning Indian and Pakistani, and white. This legislation not only fractured the nation of South Africa, but split families. Parents could be classified as white, while their children were classified as coloured. Land Act laws were passed to secure 80% of the country's land for the white minority, and non-whites were forced to carry documents authorising their presence in restricted areas. If they did not have these documents, which many could never possess, they would be arrested immediately and either imprisoned or in some cases murdered. The government then created 10 Bantu homelands to separate the Bantu Africans into their tribes. They were forcibly removed from their homes and placed in these 10 Bantu homelands, throwing them into a system of soul-destroying poverty. Those who fought against this system were dealt with harshly. Peaceful protests would be met with police gunfire and significant deaths. The African National Congress was the strongest and most vocal political opponent to apartheid, but the South African government did whatever it took to crush any resistance. By 1961, Nearly all of the African National Congress leaders had been imprisoned or murdered by the government. Nelson Mandela was one of the ANC leaders who was imprisoned from 1961 to 1990. All the while, a young Christo Brand grew up in rural South Africa, completely unaware of the political unrest in his country or the unjust imprisonment of freedom fighters like Nelson Mandela. That unrest was a world away from his African experience. As a young adult, Brand was faced with military service, which was a requirement for all young white South Africans. But there were exceptions. Prison guards were exempt, so Brand made the decision to become a prison warden. Eventually assigned to the maximum security facility on the now infamous Robben Island, Brand was responsible for the country's most inspiring and powerful inmate, Nelson Mandela. Mandela, My Prisoner, My Friend is the story of Nelson Mandela's journey from prison to presidency, 
told through the eyes of his prison guard. Brand was there during the darkest hours of Mandela. He would later be part of Mandela's staff when he became the president of South Africa. This is a story of friendship, overcoming adversity, strength of character, and courage of conviction. But more than that, it is a story of forgiveness. Mandela's ability and willingness to forgive those who stole his freedom, segregated his people, and fractured his nation. It is this forgiveness that would end apartheid and start the healing process for South Africa. The first quote I have chosen is about rising above adversity. During his term of imprisonment, Mandela was imprisoned with some of South Africa's most vibrant leaders and progressive minds. The lesson? People can take your freedom, but they can never take your humanity, your compassion, your spirit. Quote one, rising above. In his memoirs, Conversations with Myself, Mandela wrote about these comrades saying, I wish I could tell you more about these courageous band of colleagues with whom I suffer humiliation daily and who nevertheless deport themselves with dignity and determination. I wish I could relate their conversations and banter, their readiness to help in any personal problems suffered by their fellow prisoners so that you could judge for yourself the caliber of the men whose lives are being sacrificed on the fiendish altar of color hatred. The next quote refers to a time when there was significant international pressure on the South African government to end apartheid. They believed that they could persuade Mandela to compromise his values. Mandela's life is the greatest example of self-sacrifice for the greater good. Quote 2. Temptation. Giving up. The apartheid government was under siege internationally to release Mandela and abolish its racist regimes. It needed to do business with the ANC, but they were putting forward impossible demands. They wanted an end to the ANC's military activities, a renouncement of communism, and an end to the call for black majority rule. Mandela was intransigent on all three issues. They seemed to believe they could wear him down, these officials with their privileged lives and their freedom, coming in number to offer tempting possibilities to a 70-year-old man locked up in isolation and desperate for release. They underestimated him. Mandela had not suffered 26 years of humiliation and deprivation just to cave in now. I knew he would rather carry the anguish of disappointment to his deathbed than ever sell out the ANC to half-hearted compromise. In 1990, Nelson Mandela was released from prison and ultimately became President of South Africa. But he still maintained his relationship with Brand. The next quote really stood out to me as one of complete compassion. Brand shares the tragic story of his son dying in a car crash. It was a horrific experience for him and his wife. At the darkest points of their life, Brand received a phone call from Mandela. Quote three, compassion. 
When my phone rang, it startled both of us. I pulled over to take the call and heard Mandela's voice. He said, I heard about your boy. It is a terrible thing when a parent has to bury his child. I understand how it feels because I lost my own son in the same way. I wish I could give you some strength to bear this. Mandela's oldest son had died in a car crash in 1969 when he was 24 years old. Mandela was then incarcerated in Robben Island before I worked there and had been refused permission to attend the funeral. It remained one of the greatest sorrows of his life. Now he was telling me that I had to believe in something. I had to believe that Rian was in a better place. He said, I was sent a message about Rian's accident. Tell me what happened. I explained to him about the car crash and I said I was on the way to formally identify Rian's body. Mandela was very emotional, very upset. He said, I know how you must feel. I have been through this myself. You must take comfort from the knowledge that you did your best for Rian throughout his life and that he was happy and enjoyed life to the full. You saw him grow up from a tiny baby to a big, strong adult, and I saw him too. I know you did everything possible for him. I always saw that he was passionate about his career, but you can do nothing now. You must try to make peace with this and know that Rian has gone to a better place. Your most important task is to stand with your wife and help each other get through this together. It was a long call and as we were talking, my phone suddenly cut out. The battery had gone. I saw that Mandela had talked to me for 22 minutes. It helped my wife and I and our younger son Heinrich to know that people cared. The fourth quote taken from the book Mandela, My Prisoner, My Friend is Remarkable. It paints a picture of Mandela that I really like. Despite being in prison for three decades, Mandela never seemed to let it harden him nor make him cynical. As the new president, he demonstrated what made him different to the previous leadership of the former president, P.W. Botha. Quote four, the difference. When P.W. Botha was in the corridor, for example, everyone had to be ordered to disappear, to go into any office, cloakroom, whatever was closest. But Mandela was the exact opposite. He told everyone he wanted to see them and to talk to them. They were not to run away when they saw him. They were to greet him and to introduce themselves. He included the cleaners and the gardeners in this. He wanted to meet all of them and find out their names. Nelson Mandela is one of the greatest leaders in history, but his legacy is not his alone. When he was imprisoned, Many other great leaders were also treated with contempt by an uncaring government. Ahmed Kathrada was one of the leaders of the ANC who was imprisoned with Mandela and after his release was elected to serve as a member of the South African Parliament. The last quote is from the perspective of Kathrada and speaks of the incredible resilience of each one of these freedom fighters and is also a reminder that with every adversity can come personal growth. The fifth and final quote, P. 
perspective. Kathy was at President Obama's side when he visited B-section and stood for several minutes in Mandela's cell, looking silently through the bars. Kathy has witnessed many such emotional pilgrimages. He understands them, but also strongly believes in the positive elements of his long imprisonment. Of all my B-section prisoners, Kathy has maintained the most positive philosophy about his days on Robben Island. As he remarked in a speech in 1993, someone has written about two prisoners looking out of their cell window. One saw bars while the other saw stars. The real picture of prison life is one of great warmth, fellowship, friendship, humour and laughter, of strong convictions, of a generosity of spirit, of companionship, solidarity and care. It is a picture of continuous learning, of getting to know and live with your fellow human beings. But more importantly, where one comes to know oneself's weaknesses, inadequacy and potential. We would want Robin Island not to be a monument to our hardship and suffering, but a triumph of the human spirit against the forces of evil. Thanks for joining me in this episode of the Future Champions podcast. You can listen to this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Pocket Cast. Visit us on Facebook or Instagram by searching the Future Champions podcast. My name is Stuart Taylor. Stay safe.